right. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Well, I welcome everyone here in on uh, Wednesday evening, and it's our Wednesday evening, kind of like the home folk church here tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to, to delivering this message here today, and, uh, you know, my goal when I come into any pulpit, I mean, I, this is, I love this church, and I love everybody in this church, and I'm honored to, to be speaking here, but I just, I want to, I want to make it so that everybody in here can walk out the door with a little, a little tool in your toolbox, something that's going to help you to do something that you might have been not quite focused on before, and I, I think we might have something here tonight. Um, thank you very much for the, for the choir and the musicians. Um, if you have your Bible, we're going to start off with a scripture, and that's going to be John 14 and 27. That's John 14 and 27. And if you have it there, say amen. amen. All right, looks like we're ready to go. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm going to repeat that last line. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And the title of this message is Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Uh, you may be seated. And this is not an advertisement for Sean Hannity, folks, I, I promise you. Uh, I don't know who, I mean, I, I listened to him a, a long time ago. I don't, he used to say that a lot, and, uh, but this is not his message, uh, trust me. Uh, I don't have anything against the guy. Um, but this is something that I think God kind of put in my heart, and it was, actually came quite some time ago uh, when Pastor was going to be going to the conference up in Spokane, and then, of course, Everything that has been going on recently has begun to unfold as far as in our country and around the world. So uh, things have really changed in the last few months, and not necessarily for the better. Um, and I, I'm sorry to say that, but that's, that's, I guess that's my opinion, and probably the opinion of most people. It seems like, like there's a lot, of, a lot of negativity and a lot of... Um, uprising, I guess you'd say, or un uneasiness in the world, not just in the United States, but all around the world. And this is nothing new. Uh, we, there's, been, there's been things like this happening. Uh, we got a, I mean, we have a hurricane coming. Not a hurricane, it's a double hurricane. I mean, it's not bad enough, okay? This is the thing that, that's going on. I, I'm not here to talk about COVID. I'm not here to talk about any of those things, but I am here to talk about the signs of the times and, and what we're experiencing right now. Um, <clears throat> it's it's been tough. It's been tough for a lot of people, and it's, it's been a huge adjustment. And one thing that I know about people, uh, having dealt with people for many years and being you know, in the military and supervising, is that people inherently are resistant to change. People are inherently resistant to change. Not every single person, most people, I would say a great majority of people are inherently resistant to change. And and they're uncomfortable with change, and it makes people uneasy. And then you get people get nervous conditions, or they get anxiety, or they get depression, or they and it manifests itself in many different ways. So when change happens, and like we're experiencing right now, do we wear a mask today, or do we not wear a mask today? What kind of mask is it? What color? I mean, it's just the the questions can be endless, and we we the end is nowhere in sight. You know what I'm saying? We we don't know when this is all going to come to an end, and that's if it does. So we really have to be paying attention not to what's going on in the world, but to what's going on in the kingdom of God. That's, what's, that's where we need to set our affections. That's where we need to set our focus. We need to be paying attention to what's happening in the church, what's happening in the people, what's happening in the body of Christ. This is where we're going to be focusing on tonight. We need to be focusing on that. Because that's all that really matters, folks. I mean, our time, our days are numbered. Our time is limited. We're not going to be here forever. We're just, we only have a, who knows? We can walk out the door and get hit by a bus. I, I know people have said that before, but it's absolutely true. You can get 
I'm, I, I mean, I could say people, there's been some devastating and unbelievable accidents that's happened. I mean, you, you think about it, and it's just, what's going on? You know, it's just, it's kind of crazy. Uh, if I were to ask, which I'm not doing, but if I were to ask for a show of hands uh, of anyone that feels like your heart has been troubled by the current events unfolding day after day, um, I bet you I'd see the majority of us here would have our hands in the air. I know my hand would be in the air. And I tell you, it's, it's not a comfortable thing. It's not a comfortable feeling to be in this situation. Um, what happened is, is that it's, it's causing us to internalize a lot of things that normally we're not used to doing. And it, it, it causes your heart to become hardened. So the title of this message is Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. But I also want you to understand, we, troubled could mean a lot of things. Troubled doesn't mean one thing. And the, the take I'm going to put on it tonight is don't let your heart become hardened. Don't let your heart become bitter. Don't let your heart become closed off to the rest of the world because this is where our, the heart is known as what's the seat of our emotions. It's where our, our feelings are at. And if you love somebody, you say, I love you. And it is a little you know, heart symbol. You know, it comes from the heart. I love you with all my heart. You know, if, if you have a hardened heart, it's going to not only affect you, but it's going to affect people around you. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect young people. I mean, imagine a young person going through what, they're, what we're going through right now. I mean, it's difficult for adults to handle these things. Do not let your heart become hardened. Ezekiel 36 and 26 says this, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. God's already done that. If you're a part of the church and you're in the church, this is something that has happened already. God has given you a new heart. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, when I first came in church, when I first got in, and I'm not here to talk, tell stories or anything like that, but it was really, it was before I got in, I started looking for God. I was going through some really rough times in my life, and I had a heart attack at 35 years old. I had a heart attack, bonafide, certified heart attack. I was in the hospital, all that good stuff. Um, and it hurts. It hurts. I'm telling you right now, it, it doesn't feel good. You don't, nobody wants that. I don't think anybody would say, hey, just lay one on me because we don't, we don't need that. It, it, it's, it's, it's painful and it's, and it's going to, it's distracting. You can't focus. You can't get in your car and drive around uh, with a heart that has, has an issue. It's going to, it's going to seize up and you may end up dying and kill not only yourself, you may kill somebody else. But we can't, we can't dwell on that. God has given us something new. He's given us his spirit. And with that spirit, he's also given us a new heart. But it's not just any heart. It's a heart that's after his heart. It's a heart that's after Jesus' heart. This is the heart that we need to cultivate in our lives. This is the heart that we need to ensure that we never let go. We never let it go. And, I, and, and in tough times, it's like a callus building up. You can get a callus building up on your heart just because it's getting worn and it's getting tried and it's getting tested and it's, there's trials and there's difficulties and it just, it just hurts and you just want to kind of back away. You don't want to be up front and in the middle of the mix, as they say. You just want to kind of withdraw unto yourself and that's, that's a symptom of your heart having a problem, having your, being troubled. It's, it's becoming hardened into a heart, into your former condition. That's what it is. It's moving into the former condition, not the condition that God desires your heart to be. Do not let the trials of life make you bitter and allow your beautiful new heart to become hardened. We can't do it. We have to keep our heart alive. We have to keep our heart full of life and, and full of good love and energy and what's going to help us to, to, to reach out to those that are lost in this world. Uh, if you look at the story of Joseph, he's one of my favorite Bible characters. I don't know how many Joseph fans we have out there, but I'm a big Joseph fan. And he had so many major disappointments and trials in his life, but he ultimately succeeded and became an overcomer because he didn't allow himself 
to internalize the troubles to a point where they could affect his heart and it become hardened. Joseph overcame it because he kept a heart after God. He kept a heart after Jesus. And that's the key. That's what we're trying to understand. And that's what we're trying to, 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 to preach into you here tonight is that we can, we can keep that heart no matter what the circumstances are in the world because the world is going to pass away. The world will pass away, church, but our spirit and our soul is not going to pass away. It's either going up or it's going somewhere else. And I think we're all going to be going up right here. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, Pastor Hood touched on this on Sunday. He, he, he quoted this scripture. And um, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's totally appropriate for what we're going through right now. We have to understand the church should not be looking at our everyday situations the same way the world looks at these situations. Because these people are rioting doesn't mean it's okay for us to riot. Because these people are protesting doesn't mean it's okay to protest. I'm not saying you can't do those things. I'm not saying that. But I'm, I'm saying we have to be aware of where, where does the church stand. Because wherever the church stands, that's where I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand right there. If that's the line where the church is, that's where you're going to find me. That's where you're going to find my family. That's where you're going to find this church. That's where you're going to find our leaders in this church. We, I mean, hey, there's, there's so much going on, and I'm not going to get into all of it. We can't address all the things that are happening in the world today. It's just, it's kind of a mess. But <clears throat> we, what we do with our lives after we become a new creature will determine if we continue in the grace of God or fall back into the trappings of the world. And it's, it's, it's insidious. It's, it can happen easier than you think. And I'll tell you right now, I've done some introspection on this. Uh, Pastor, he preached great about, about meditating on the word of God and, and different types of meditation, Christian meditation. And I, 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 I did, I looked into myself and I said, you know something? My prayer life has changed. There was a lot, of, a lot of preaching on prayer. My prayer life has changed. And what has changed about it, uh, it's changed over years and years, but it's changed most recently. One thing I would always pray for in my, in my life was peace. That would be the number one. And Troy probably knows. Troy, he, because I was kind of stressed out when I was in the world. I really was. Uh, I was. I had stress and I had issues. And I just, like, God. Just give me peace, please. And it's taken a while, but he's done it. God gave me peace. So he's saying, hey, I'll give you. If you ask, you shall receive. He's given me peace. But now he says, what are you going to do with the peace that I've given to you? What are you going to do differently now that I've given you that peace? And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to love people. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to show the love of Christ in my life. And I need to make sure that I keep my heart in the position that's going to be able to, to seek and seek after those hurting souls, those hurting people all over the world, wherever I go. It doesn't matter where. Um, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, everybody has uh, heard this one before. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is the spirit that God has given us. This is the spirit we need to tap into. But it's power and what? And love. The spirit of love. That's the spirit that we have to keep. That's the spirit that we have to maintain. That's the spirit that we have to look into ourselves and say, hey, am I, am I using this gift that God has given to me for his, for his glory? Am I using this gift the way he wants me to use it? And, and the way I use it may be different than the way Brother Jonathan uses it or somebody else because we all have different personalities and we have different um, skills and, and, and so on and so forth. But God has given us the spirit of love so that we can be a light to the world. Loving people does not mean being a stepping stone for people. I, I, I know for, for many years, not personally, but I know a lot of people have probably still think they think Christians are weak. They think Christians are just a pushover. Uh, Christians are they're just non-confrontational or whatever you want to call it. And the, well, some of us may be that and th there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what what God wants from us. 
We are not here to be stepping stones for the world. We're here to be a light for the world. Um, we need to, uh, you cannot let others use you or abuse you. And, uh, I mean, this is one more thing adding on to what's going on is all these abuse stories that you're seeing and child trafficking and all this kind of stuff. It's absolutely, we need Jesus, church. We need Jesus so much. I, I, I don't even know what to say. It is, we have to do something. We have to do something. But if we do something, let's do it together. Let's do it as a church. Let's do it as a people who are going to follow after the word of God. Because we know, we, this is only temporary. Everything that's going on right now is only temporary. We're going to make it. Uh, I got a really, really, really quick, short, easy uh, demonstrate, demonstrative story. Uh, so there's a pot of water, boiling water. Same pot for all these things. Many of you may have heard this. So you, you'd go and you take and you, you toss a carrot in that boiling pot of water. And what happens to that carrot after a matter of time? It starts to get soft, doesn't it? It starts to get soft and mushy. And I bet you if you leave it in there long enough, it'll disintegrate and turn into like carrot soup or something. Okay? Well, that's, that's wonderful. If you take an egg and you place that egg in that same boiling pot, take the carrot out, put the egg in, and you let it boil for a little bit. What's going to happen to that egg? It's going to turn hard. The egg is not going to get runny or whatever. It's, gonna, it's doing the opposite of what the carrot did. So that's strange. Well, if you took some ground up, <clears throat> almost like manna from heaven, some ground up Colombian Arabica bean, whatever your favorite coffee is, and you put that coffee into the water and you let it boil, what's going to happen to that water? It's going to turn into coffee, isn't it? So we need to be the coffee, folks. The church needs to be like coffee. We need to be the light of this world. We, we are not made to be a carrot. We're not made to be an egg. We're made to be coffee, Brother Jonathan. Yes, that's right. And I know that's scoring points with the coffee crowd. But it's, the, I mean, it's very simple, but it's the truth. We have got to be the ones who change the environment around us. We can't be subjecting ourselves and allowing the environment to beat us down and wear us down and make us bitter and make us angry and make us abusing the, our, our children or whatever happens. We, we cannot let that happen. The church cannot let that happen. We have got to be leaders. That's what we have to be. We have to be leaders. Christians are meant to be leaders. Uh, a question that came to my mind, and I, I'm just going to bring this up because there's a point I want to bring up, and that is, why doesn't everybody just get the Holy Ghost the very first time they come up to the altar and lift their hands and start praying with their mouth open? I mean, like, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Okay, well, we could say one thing and say maybe they didn't repent. Okay, that would probably be the first most logical answer. Maybe they didn't repent. And that's, that could be true in many, many cases. But I will tell you right now, the world is full of hurting people. The world is full of pain. The world ha has hurt people so bad. I will tell you this right now. Probably everybody in this, in this building right now has somebody who loves them and somebody that they love in return. There are people in this world who've never been loved. There's people in this world who have never been loved. Do you think they're going to come to an altar and open their heart to a strange God that they've never heard or seen or felt before automatically? It's because their heart condition, their heart condition is preventing them from getting the Holy Ghost. They got to get over it because God's never going to disappoint us. God's not going to let us down. You have to let go. You have to release and trust in him. He will do it. He will do it. He will fill you with his spirit. But there, there's a level of trust. There's a level of trust that has to be accomplished before that ever happens. And you can't come to God with a hardened heart. It, he, that's not going to work. He, he doesn't want that. He wants the real you. And then he's going to give you a new heart when that's all said and done. <clears throat> we are not to be conformed to this world or the cultures of this world. Yes, we, we have to live in the world. We have to obey laws and we have to do certain things. But that's not our goal 
as Christians. Our goal is not to say, can I be the most upright citizen that's ever lived in, in northern Nevada? That's, that's not a, that's not, I mean, that could be an okay goal, but really, our goal should be, how can I serve the kingdom of God? How can I be a help to the kingdom of God? How can I lead others to the kingdom of God? This is a gift. It's a free gift for anybody who wants it. And we are, we are like the gatekeeper. Well, all of us, we know, we know what the gift is, but there's so many people out there that do not know what the gift is. And even if, they, even if you explain it to them and show it to them and tell them your, your testimony, uh, how your life has been turned around by whatever, you know, whatever situation you, you may have been in, that's all well and good, and they're going to hear you. But it, it's a personal thing. It has to be them. You can't bring someone and make them come to God. They have to come to God on their own. God's not going to violate that. God will never do that. So we need to um, <clears throat> understand that we need to find our greatest reward and treasure through our service to God. People may not remember. This is a quote. I don't know who said it, but people may not remember everything about you, but they will remember how you made them feel. That is something I've heard before, and I thought it was a good saying because it's true. People, they might not know all the details. Do you have a, a cat at home or a dog or, you know, what's your favorite color and all that stuff? I, trust me, I'm having a hard enough time keeping hold of people's names every once in a while, and uh, it's not getting much better. But um, we, we have to understand that <coughs> people are going to understand. They're going to they're gonna remember how you interacted with them. They are going to remember how did you treat them. Did you treat them with love or did you treat them with disdain? Did you treat them well or did you treat them poorly? And we are all representatives of the church. We're here. We are representatives, not just in this building. We're, we are the church when we go out there. And if you hurt somebody, they're going to say, the church hurt me. They're not going to say, so-and-so hurt me, or that person hurt me. They're going to say the church hurt me because that's what they're identifying you with. So we have to get past that. We have to get past that. Be and hurt people hurt people. Has anybody ever heard that expression before? Hurt people hurt people. And if you have something that's unresolved or that's hurting inside of you, you're not going to be a good ambassador. You're not going to be someone that's going to be able to reach the lost souls. you got to start right here. you got to work on number one. Okay, you can't just, you know, if I have the worst, most rotten attitude and I just, for some reason, I want to go knock on doors and, and, and invite people to church with a bad attitude, you're probably going to scare people away from church. And you need to realize, hey, I need to take a deep breath, get in the word of God, read my Bible, pray, get to a place where you know your heart is right, and then get out. And God will lead you. God will use you. God's not going to use you with a, with a hardened heart. He's not going to do that. We need to find our greatest reward and treasure through our service to God. God is love. God is love. And the word here says, love can cover a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4 and 8. And above all things, have fervent charity, which is love, among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins, the multitude of sins. Charity, love. I'm not perfect. I don't think anybody in here is perfect. We all make mistakes. But you know what? God's going to forgive those mistakes because if you have love and you move forward and you go forward and you do your best and you, you say, God, I made a mistake but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it better this next time. I'm going to learn from that mistake. We're not talking about going out intentionally. Is there evil in the world? Yes, there's evil in the world. There are some people you're never going to win to God. There's some people who only want to hurt people, but that's not most people, okay? We, we can reach people. We can reach people if we keep our heart right and keep it um, reaching out for souls. And James 5 and 20 says this, let him know that he which covereth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. How are you going to, how are you going to save a sinner? How are you going to convert the sinner? 
if you don't have love. It's impossible. You can't do it. You're not going to do it unless it's, it's real. It has to be authentic. That's what this church is about. That's why I'm here is because I know God is here. When I show up and God is here, you cannot deny God. I don't care who you are, what color you are, where you live, where you've been. I don't care if you're from another planet. I know my God is real, and I know who I serve. First Peter 4 and 8. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Um, I've quoted this before, or I've said this before, but for some reason I, I, I come back to this quite often. And that is the first recorded words of Jesus as a young, young man or young boy was, I must be about my father's business. Those are his first recorded words. And that's telling us, well, what is his father's business is the question that would come to mind after that. Well, what is, what is his father's business? And later on, he said, I came, what did he come for? To seek and save those which are lost. So if you're going to have a heart of love, and if you're going to have a heart of God, and you're going to have a, a heart after God, you need to have a heart for souls. Because God is not coming here to seek and save this, this body. He's not coming here to save this flesh. He's coming here to save the soul. He's coming here to save. He, he sacrificed himself for us all. Not for just a temporal salvation, but for eternal salvation. <clears throat> Philippians 4 and 8 says this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if, they be, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. That's kind of a long list, but it's a good list. And I say that to say this. We as Christians, we need to develop discipline as Christians. We need to develop discipline in our habits and and this is this is something that hey, maybe you you want to hear this maybe you don't want to hear it but i'm going to tell it anyways we need to we need to take a look at ourselves and see how are we spending our time is this glorifying god or is this not glorifying god and does does that mean we have to be perfect no i'm not saying that at all i mean there's there's time for entertainment in the world there's time for for leisurely activities but if you're out of proportion, if you're out of whack, if you're, if you're spending way too much time in an area that has absolutely nothing to do with God, you probably need to rethink how you're spending your time. Yeah. You really do. And this, and this is something I, I feel strongly. It's not, I mean, I might be the only one in here who I'm talking to right now. But I, I know I'm talking to me because I've, I've had that revelation. I know there's things I need to change in my life. I've made many, many changes in my life in the last 15 plus years. But you know what? I'm not there yet, folks. I'm not there yet, church. I got a little ways to go. And there's things I can do to be a better me. There's things I can do to be a better human, a better Christian, a better light for this world to see. Um, I try. I, I try hard. And I'm sure we all try pretty hard. We want to do good. But sometimes we have to, we have to really break things down. Break them down into their little little parts and say, this part just isn't working the way it's supposed to work anymore. And get rid of it if it's not helping you. And then maybe you need to pull in something else from somewhere else. <clears throat> Discipline. That's a word you don't hear too often these uh, anymore in, in the world. Discipline. Developing good habits and best practices. Any life situation that you come across, any life situation, if you have a question, and, or a problem or anything, the first question that you should ask is, what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say about that situation? What is God? And if you don't know, if you're just, you know, maybe everybody doesn't know, everybody's not Bible scholars, you can ask somebody. You can ask for help because the Bible is going to reveal. The Bible will lead you. The Bible will guide you. The Bible will speak to you. This is God's word. This is God's word, church. We need God's word. We need God's word in our life. Each and every day. 
We can't just go about our lives doing the bare minimum to get by. That's never going to work. If, is your boss going to give you a promotion at work if you just do the bare minimum? Do you want to be the lowest guy on the totem pole for the rest of your life? Well, neither do I. I want, I want to move up. I want, I want success. I want to see revival. I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. And you're not going to do that by having a, a cold spirit or a hardened heart. We need to tap in to the power and the love that Jesus has given us. We have to tap in and get a hold of it. You got to be hot or cold. Don't, we can't be lukewarm. This is not the time. There's so much going on. And I'm not a, I'm not a um, revelation scholar. I don't, I've read revelations like two or three times. And I don't understand it. I'm sorry. I'm, beyond, I'm being honest with you. I don't get it. Okay? I get most of it. But there's parts I just like, what is that talking about? Okay? All I know is God's going to win. And we're going to win as long as we are on God's side. That's all I got to worry about. I don't care if the, if the sun turns red or green or blue or how many horses come flying out the clouds or this or that. That, that, that means nothing to me. What means something to me is that I'm going to be ready. I want my heart to be ready for God. I want my heart to be ready for when Jesus returns. God's heart was to love people enough to die for each and every one of you, each and every one of us. We were made in his image. He loved us enough to make us in his image. There's nothing else in the universe that is like us. We are unique. We're special. You're special. Everybody say, say I'm special. You are, you are special. I'm telling you right now. If you don't feel like you're special, I'm telling you you're special. Because I know you're special because God made you and God loves you and he made you in his image. But not just that. He loves our souls. He understands the big picture. God put the words of Revelation where they belong. He understands Revelation. Okay, if you want to find out, just ask God. He'll let you know what's going on. We don't need to worry about all these things. And it's, there's some very interesting stuff to know in Revelation. That's the only book that really stumps me, to be honest with you, uh, from time to time. I guess, I, I guess I'm showing my, my, my weak side. But um, I guess I'll have to start doing some more Revelation studies with uh, some some revelation scholars around here. <clears throat> but God's love is for our souls. He didn't die so that you could have a nice car, a nice house, a nice job. That he didn't he didn't a nice income, nice food. Those things are good, but that's not why he died. He died so that you could be reconciled with him in heaven when your time comes. That's the purpose of God sacrificing himself. It's not to have a fancy car or a fancy tie. That, those things are good. They're okay. But that's not the goal. The goal, we need to be focused. We need to say what we're, what we're focusing on. We're reconciled to him and with him. To him and with him. He had a love for people above all others and the ultimate love of our souls so much that we were redeemed by him. He came to seek and save the lost. The lost what? Souls. Church, that's what he came to do. Seek and save the lost souls. We need to secure our soul's place in heaven by having a heart like Jesus. It's not easy. These times are not easy. And it's a good chance that things might even get worse. So as that happens or does not happen, we need to keep, a, keep an eye on ourselves. We need to keep an eye on the inside of what's going on in here. Because this is, this is the key. This is the key to if you're going to make it or not. It, it's not about the flesh. It's about the soul. It's about the spirit. 2 Timothy 3, verses 12 through 14. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That's, we have the right doctrine, church. We have the right doctrine. We know how to make it. We know how to make it work. We just have to follow the word, follow the book, follow the word. 
<clears throat> we have great leaders. I can tell you one thing. I've, like I said, I've been in this a little over 15 years. And I've, I don't know how many pastors, preachers, evangelists, ministers I've seen. Hundreds. I know hundreds, maybe thousands. I don't know. But definitely hundreds. And 99.99% were always right on the money, right in there in the book. And there's no discrepancies in the, in the preached word. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's significant. That means something. And then people see that. That's something that stands out to new converts. That's something that stands out to new people in the crowd is that, hey, didn't Pastor Hood just say that last week? Yeah. And now it's somebody else is saying it. Why, why is he saying it? Did Pastor Hood tell him? No, Pastor Hood didn't tell me to say that. God told me to say that. The, the word of God told me to say that. I opened up the book and I read the book. And that's what, that's what hit me. And I'm going to stick with it. So what can we do? And this is where I'm going to go with this right now. Just a little, it's almost a sidebar, but not much. I really believe that media today, there's an addiction. There's a media addiction in the entire world. It's not just in the church. It's everywhere. And I'm not just talking about one kind of media. There's so many different kinds of media that it's hard to keep up with all of them. They start coming out with new types of media uh, on the regular. So changes to media habits, social media, YouTube, music choices, news programs, information, entertainment, whatever it is. I mean, all these different things. These are the things, these are the external influences that we are letting into our lives. We're letting these things into our heart and that's going to harden your heart because if it's not of God, it doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong there. Uh, we, can, we can be entertained. We can do, you know, activities. We can do athletics. We can do whatever we want. But if it's not, if it's not the right thing, it's going to bring you down. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tear this temple down from the inside out. <clears throat> There's a... Uh, there's a, a friend of mine that I know, and he was, uh, he was over in Iraq and some other places. And actually, we served together my very first duty station um, in Germany after basic training and all that. I served with this guy. I didn't really know him back then, but he's, he's kind of a local, and he's pretty well-known. He has a radio show, and I follow him on his social media. And something that he, he posts on his social media that I want to share with you and I think is, is good to share. Um, first of all, I will tell you this. He was an infantryman and I was a tanker. So we're like two different worlds. No biggie. After he, became, after he left the infantry, he became a, an, a sergeant, an NCO, and he went into intelligence, military intelligence. And I'm, I'm kind of tapping into the media thing that I was talking about because I studied communications. That was my expertise. That's my area. That's my major in, in college. Communications, which includes media. Well, this guy was spent a number of years in intelligence, military intelligence. And he's a pretty smart guy. And he, he's got a lot of great information that he puts out. And he helps a lot of veterans that are suffering from, from post-traumatic stress and other, other, other problems, suicidal problems, whatever it is. Um, his name is Boone Cutler. I'll just tell you that right now. If you want to look him up, look him up. He's a pretty good guy. He, he, he doesn't use the best language and all that kind of stuff, so I'm not promoting him. But he's, he's wise. He does have wisdom. Here's what I'm going to tell you what he says. When all this stuff's been going crazy and the world seems like it's just one thing after the next, if it's not corona, it's the murder hornets. If it's not the murder hornets, it's a double tornado. If it's not a double tornado, it's, I mean, it just goes on and on, right? It's sex trafficking, and it's riots, and it's looting, and it's, it just goes on and on. And I like the way he just simplifies things because this is what we need to do as a church. And I, I mean each and every one of us. It's very simple. He says, protect your mind, control your emotions. I hate to say it, but it's all a big something, 
okay? It's media is not your friend. Media is not your friend. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Repetition of media is not your friend. Why do you think the political parties are in hatred for one another? It's because of the continuous media news streams. Same story, same story, over and over. We have to learn how to protect our mind from being influenced by the world. And when I say the world, that includes all media. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of media it is. We need to protect our mind. We need to sift through it or don't even open it up. Just throw it in the garbage can to begin with and turn the other way. Go to where you know is the safe road. But he says control your mind, or excuse me, protect your mind, control your emotions. This is, this is I'm surprised he knows these things because this is something I learned in, in college uh, in communications. Repetition and, and some of the most some of the most um, most influential ads or advertisements or whatever is political advertisements. Whether people believe it or not, they show them. How many times do they show them? They don't show them once and it's like, oh, that was a good infomercial. No, they show it over and over and over and over. And repetition, the way the human mind works, it's going to get stuck in there somewhere if you let yourself be exposed to it. We have to protect our minds. Even if it's your favorite, like I said at the opening up, it's Sean Hannity. He's, he's media. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I stopped listening to him because he says the same thing over and over and over. I mean, if you want to come up with something new, maybe I'll tune in. But unless it's just not going to happen, folks. What I'm saying is we need to protect our mind and control our emotions. And the reason I say that is because the, the goal the focus of mass, com mass media communications is to evoke an emotional response upon the audience. That's exactly what the purpose of almost 100% of all media is. It wants to hit you in the feels. It wants to get in here and make you feel a certain way. I hate them. I love them. This is good. This is bad. You got to control your emotions. Don't be a puppet to the media. We need to stand behind God's word. We need to stand, we need to stand firm. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to help people here. I'm trying to help you right now. Things may get worse, and it's, it's very likely that they will. We need to protect our minds and control our emotions. Once they got your emotions, that's when you start doing things, right? I mean, you don't just go smack little Timmy around because you're not angry. You do it because you're angry, right? He's like, this guy's lipping off to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smack him. Well, you did not control your emotions because that little, that little boy or whoever that person is, he triggered you. He triggered you. He suckered you into losing your emotions. We need to not do that. We need to not do that, church. I mean, I'll just go. I'll say this. This may not be popular, but when all the Black Lives Matter stuff started going on, I was tempted to put a black square on my page. I mean, it wouldn't have changed anything. But that I realized, why, am, why, why, why would I do that? I don't know anything about the, the organization. I don't know anything about the leaders. I don't know anything about their mission statement. And then things come to light, and you find out they're probably not all they thought they were cracked up to be. So I had to control my emotions because you know why because i'm a christian and people are going to say whoa brother diaz is putting a black square let's all get on board with black lives matter because brother diaz put a black square on his instagram or something i'm not going to lead anybody astray i do not want to be a stumbling block to anybody you got to control your emotions we can't be we cannot be slaves to media we can't let it happen I can go in, I could, I could show you books and, and studies and, and very interesting stuff that'll tell you how deep this stuff goes. We gotta protect ourselves. We have to protect each other. Caleb, come up here. I'm gonna, I want you to come up here. This is my youngest right here. This is, everybody knows Caleb. He's my youngest. He's 13. He has 
an iPhone that he is fully in love with, I think. <laughs> Do you think I expect Caleb to protect his mind and control his emotions? Do you think he's capable of that at 13? We need to protect our children. We need to protect our children from what's going on right now. As Christians, we need to take care of this. We need to take care of them. Caleb, I want to protect your mind, and I'm going to teach you what's right and what's wrong. And I'm going to bring you to church, right? And you're going to learn. And when you get older, you have kids, you're going to teach your kids. We have to protect them. We can't expect our children to know the difference between all these different sources of media that are attacking them. And I didn't even mention video games. I mean, I could go on and on. This is not here. I didn't come here to talk about media. I came here to talk about the heart. And I'm, 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 coming, to a, I'm coming to a home stretch. If you want to come up, brother. Uh, <clears throat> we need to fight for our children. And after we're done with that, well, first of all, let me, go, let me back up. I guess I got ahead of myself. Everybody's, well, whoever's been on an airplane has heard the announcement that comes. It says there's going to be a face. If something happens and drop in air pressure, there's a face mask going to pop down. Place the face mask over your mouth first and then put it on your child. I'm not going to be any help to anybody unless I get myself where I need to be. You're not going to be a help to anybody unless you get yourself where you need to be first. We need to be honest with ourselves. And I'm going to make changes. I promise. I will be making changes in my media habits. I will. I could almost guarantee everybody in here could do the same. Protect your mind. If that's, that's what it's about, though, folks. It's about protecting your mind. Because if you allow yourself to be inundated, that's the world getting in here. That's the world shaping your, your thoughts, shaping your ideas, shaping the way you think. And then it's going to turn into what? It's going to turn into your emotions, and then it's going to turn into actions. And it happens. Trust me. They don't spend billions and billions of dollars on the advertising sector because it doesn't work. They do it because it works. After you get yourself done, then you take care of your family and your church family. Let's, get, let's make a solid foundation. Let's start there. And then when that's accomplished, then we can go into this world. And then we can be a light to this world and we can help others. But you're not going to be able to make it there until you get there yourself. There's a saying, I don't know how it goes, or something goes like, a leader can't lead somebody somewhere that they've never been. How am I going to lead people to, that's like a person who's never stepped foot in church is going to go out and try to win souls. It doesn't work. You're going to turn them away. We need love. That's what the world needs. We need love. We need, we need the heart of God. We need the heart of God. I'm going to finish up with a couple scriptures right here. Let's stand around the, the house right now. 1 Corinthians 13. Starting at verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. That's love. Every time we say charity, it, it, it translates to love. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, love, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. That means it's humble. 
it's not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. That's saying it controls its emotions, doesn't it? That's what it's telling you right there. Love controls its emotions. It doesn't get out of control. It is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. It is easily, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. And now, I'm skipping down to 13, and now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these three is love, is charity. We need love, church. We need the fruits of the Spirit, church. The fruits of the Spirit are real. I know it's real. You know how I know it's real? Because I know how my life was when I didn't have it. When I didn't have it, I was kind of miserable. I had a lot of problems. It's because I didn't have God's spirit in me. We need God's spirit. One last scripture, and I'm, I'm going to close. Mark 12, 29, 31 says this. And Jesus answered him saying, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. If you want to be right with God, if you want to make a difference in the world, if you want to have a good heart, if you want to win souls, this is the key. This is the key right here. Mark it down, write it down, study it, read it, do it, live it. We are called to love God and to love people. It's that simple. We have to love God and love people. If you want to come pray, if you want to come to the altars, I'm done. We are called to love God and to love people. But we can't just love people. We have to love souls. We have to help those souls to find their way because they're lost. Somebody asked me one time when I, I mentioned, I said, that person's lost. I, I saw somebody who was obviously struggling I said, they're lost. And my friend said, how do you know they're lost? I did not know how to respond. But I do now. Everybody's lost without God. Everybody's lost without God. We have to find God, church. We have to find God. And we're going to do that by protecting our minds, controlling our emotions. Let's rejoice with those who rejoice. Let's do great things in the name of Jesus Christ.